From KGW News, this is Straight Talk with Laurel Porter. Hello and welcome to Stray Talk. I'm Laurel Porter. We are looking ahead to the November 8th election, now a little more than four weeks away. One of the most competitive races is in the 5th Congressional District in Oregon, now held by Congressman Kurt Schrader until the end of the year. Democratic challenger Jamie McLeod Skinner defeated Schrader in the May primary, the first time a sitting member of Congress has lost in an Oregon primary in 42 years. McLeod Skinner now goes head-to-head -head with the Republican nominee, Lori Chavez-Duremer. You live in Oregon's 5th District. This is your race. Here's a look at the map of the newly drawn district. It runs from Portland and Multnomah County through parts of Clackamas, Lynn, Marion counties, but not Salem, Deschutes County, including Bend, and a small part of Jefferson County. In this episode of Straight Talk, we will meet the candidates and hear why they believe they are the best choice to represent the diverse 5th District, one which the Cook Report lists as a toss-up in the November election. Here is a brief look at the candidates. Jamie McLeod Skinner is a Terrebonne attorney and part-time emergency preparedness coordinator for Oregon's DHS and a board member of the Jefferson County Education Service District. If she wins, she would be the first openly LGBTQ person elected to Congress from Oregon. Lori Chavez-Dreamer served as the mayor of Happy Valley from 2010 to 2018. She and her husband founded Anesthesia Associates Northwest, and they also own health and wellness clinics that treat drug-resistant depression. Lori works as the marketing director. Chavez-Dreamer is one of two women on the November ballot, along with Andrea Salinas, in the 6th District, who could become the first Latina elected to Congress from the state of Oregon. In the coming weeks here on Straight Talk, we've given the candidates a choice to appear together on the show or separately. In this episode, you'll hear from them in separate segments. And we begin with Lori Chavez-Dreamer. Welcome to Straight Talk. What a pleasure to have you here. Oh, thanks, Laurel. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm excited for this race. And you're, I'm sure you're excited for the election to get here on November 8th. Oh, you know, as a candidate, when you're running in Oregon, uh, making sure you can get to as many people as possible who care about this district. So we have been on the trail for almost 15 months. Uh, it's an exciting time. Uh, we're down to ballots dropping in just two weeks, and uh, we're looking forward to the November 8th election. And analysts say that in your district, it, it tilts slightly to Democrats. They have about a five-point voter registration edge. As a Republican, why do you think that you're the best choice? for the district? Well, I've asked myself this over the years just living here in Oregon for the last 22 years. And, you know, often we see that one party rule, you tend to not have a voice at the table. And I think people are ready for change. And if you, out on the trail, and including with my, my own family, you ask yourselves, are we any better today than we were two years ago, than we were 10 years ago? A and the answer is resoundingly no. People are, are clamoring for change. We're seeing a lot of issues uh, that people are addressing. And uh, I'm sure we're going to get to these issues because they're important ones, the economy inflation, crime, education, all those have come about as we've talked to people. And, and so I'm looking forward to representing the 5th District. Uh, I was mayor of Happy Valley for eight years, as was mentioned, an 18-year business owner and a mom of beautiful twin girls who I've, who I've raised right here in Oregon. So I'm excited have a proven track record and I look forward to serving. Well, let's dig into those issues. Yeah. Inflation, top of mind for a lot of people, soaring gas prices, groceries. If you get to Congress, what measures would you support to try to bring down inflation? Why is your plan better than your opponents? Well, definitely having a plan is the key. We can all address the problems and recognize what they are. And I don't think that as voters in Oregon's 5th District, we you know, we can't tell them anything different than what they're feeling and what they're seeing. We know gas prices have possibly hit $6 a gallon. We know grocery prices have been up and, and we see it every single day. And we saw it also with our education uh, 
you know, over the last couple of years with our kids and how far behind we are. So for me, it's about real change and having a proven track record. And as mayor, I wanted to make sure that we kept taxes low. I wanted to make sure that people could uh, keep more of their paycheck. What, what would be your plan to bring down inflation? Oh, for sure. Well, we have to make sure that we have to be energy independent as one. And when we talk about that in Oregon, we have to make sure that we have a foundation for growing our economy, creating more jobs and being job creators. So I want to make sure that when I get back to DC, that people know that Oregon's on the map. We have to be a job creator. We have to keep regulations low and we have to keep taxes low so that we can uh, burst that economy that has been missing for so very long and, and business, small businesses have been hurting. I know as a mom, you've probably been concerned about the mass shootings we've seen across the country. And then we had a deadly shooting in Bend at a Safeway in the district that you want to represent. And that shooter used an AR-15 style weapon as a lot of shooters have. Would you ever support a ban on assault style rifles? Well, first of all, we want to make sure that we recognize, you know, the tragedy that happened in Bend. And, and we saw it at the Clackamas Town Center years ago as I was mayor. My husband was in, in that mall during that time. And, uh, you know, these are violent crimes that we have to make sure that we can get a hold of. I can tell you violence across the state of Oregon is happening. And it's it's shot up. And we see that with, with our gun crimes. And we see that with our property crimes. I can tell you this. People have a right to their Second Amendment. Uh, for sure, and we have to protect those law-abiding citizens. I'd like to make sure that we enforce the laws we have on the books already. But would already. you support a ban on assault-style weapons? I would not support a ban. Uh, a full full all assaults are already banned. We already have to go through background checks uh, when we're purchasing a weapon uh, if we have any felonies or misdemeanors or domestic um, uh, um, violations. You cannot own a gun if you don't do that. But this is about violence and mental illness and a culture crisis we have in our country because the gun doesn't act alone. So are there any sure gun safety measures, that. additional gun safety measures that you would support, say, raising the age to buy an assault style rifle from 18 to 21, expanded background checks, maybe uh, banning high capacity magazines, any measures like that that you could support? Well, we do have those those measures on the books. I mean, right now, when we when we go to purchase a, um, any sort of sidearm, you have to have a 4473, which is a full background check. We have that on the books already. We also have to make sure that we don't have any other um, misdemeanors or or um, uh, felonies on our record in order to purchase uh, any sort of uh, sidearm. Uh, so those are in place and we have to make sure we enforce those. Why are people allowed to get guns if they have any of those records? So protecting our, our law-abiding citizens is important to me. Making sure that we don't have guns in the hands of people who have a criminal background um, is also important to me. We need to protect that. Another really important issue to a lot of people in your district is abortion. And for, you have uh, said you support the Supreme Court's overturning of Roe v. Wade. If if you're in Congress and it comes up for a vote, would you vote for a federal ban on abortion? Yeah, this question has been asked to me so many times. I'd never want to see this on the floor of Congress. I think exactly where it came back to the states. I trust Oregonians to make this decision and we know it's protected here in, here in Oregon. Um, I support um, um, access to abortion in the first trimester. That has never changed. Of course, for rape, incest, and the life of the mother uh, is always should be protected. Criminalizing women is a non-starter, and a national ban is not something I ever want to see on the floor. Of and Congress. you've said in debates that you support a common sense approach to abortion, but in May you tweeted that you support the heartbeat bill, which would trigger a ban on abortion at six weeks, which is a time when a lot of women don't even know they're pregnant. Do you stand by that support for the heartbeat bill? Well, there was a conversation about what, what could this look like um, 
you know, if, if we had to have this conversation. Uh, and I know that there's been conversation about the pain bill. There's been conversations about, you know, the 24-week uh, when a child baby cannot survive without the mom. And um, there's all those conversations. I think the exact thing that should be should be right here in the in the hands of Oregonians. And that's where I would like to keep it and not have it on the floor of Congress. Well, I'm, I'm not quite understanding what you're saying, but would you support a heartbeat bill? Would you do think that um, pregnancy or abortion should be banned after six weeks? Yeah, I would not. I would not support a ban in Congress at all, a federal ban. I want Oregonians to have this decision. This is where I trust that. But it um, ever came up in Oregon? Would you support that? A, a vote in Oregon from the legislature? Well, would you ever support a ban that on abortion at six weeks or after? No, I think women should have access up until the first trimester. All the way up till 12 weeks. Yes, the first so trimester. You, so you changed your mind on what you tweeted? No, I did not change my mind. I have always felt this way. That question was asked on a conversation about if this ever came to the floor of six weeks, what does the conversation look like? Well, it was, I have to have, have that showed conversation. the tweet, though. I think you sure. said support the, the bill, the heartbeat bill in May. Yeah. Um, which would seem different than what you're saying now. No, no, it's okay. not different. My okay. position has never changed, okay. Laurel. Just up to uh, 12 weeks. Oh, y yes, I think women, women have asked that access. I trust women. I trust Oregonians to make that decision. Well, let's jump to homelessness yeah. because 35 years ago, Congress said that it was going to end homelessness. Of course, we know that didn't happen. It's gotten worse. There's a lot of discontent. So if you're in Congress, what federal measures would you support to try to get people off the streets, into shelters, and, and into permanent housing? Oh, for sure. We're experiencing this. Uh, we saw, I think we just saw the most recent report, 15,000 homelessness, and I'm not sure that that's even the correct number as far as when we do these counts within the county. We have to make sure that we're addressing all the issues that are affecting homelessness. Uh, Affordable housing is one of them that we have to address and are we prepared to have more housing and that's a land use issue that communities will have to address but we also have to make sure that we're protecting our veterans that are on the streets. We have to make sure we're protecting our seniors. Uh, the mental health crisis and the drug addiction crisis is rampant and we can see it as I drove here today. We're seeing it on every corner um, and it's not only not good for our, our, our community members watching them die on the streets. I don't know who would stand for that, but we have to also ensure that we can get the criminal element away from that as well. So we have to secure that southern border so, so fentanyl is not uh, infiltrating our streets and killing our family members or our community members and we have to make sure that we can uh, make sure there's enough resources for our for our uh, public safety officers to be out on the streets and uh, you know address that criminal element of that we cannot have the catch and release program the no cash bail when there's a criminal element that is not only affecting everyday Oregonians but it's affecting our businesses it's affecting everybody and we can see it with our own eyes defunding the police is not something I would ever stand for uh, opponents have said, your opponents have said, that you uh, represent the far right of the Republican Party, the America First agenda. You'd be a rubber stamp for that part of the party. Where do you see yourself fitting in with the Republican Party? Oh, exactly. Uh, you know, it's, it's such nonsense when I hear that. You know, for 22 years I have lived here in Oregon. I've been a mayor, a nonpartisan mayor for a fastest growing city in Oregon and making sure that we address all the issues and bring people together. Anybody who knows me has ever worked for me knows there's 
was no far right uh, uh, to me. Uh, you know, I see myself as a Main Street girl. I see myself as a Main Street mayor, a Main Street congresswoman uh, to get things done, be pragmatic and thoughtful, get everybody at the table, identify the issues, remove barriers, and try to get to yes for Oregonians and the American people. Would you be willing to reach across the aisle and work with your Democratic colleagues from Oregon, like Congresswoman Bonamici, Congressman Blumenauer, who I think represents the district that you currently live in? Do you see yourself working with them on measures, and, and what sort of measures could you work together on? Absolutely. Well, again, we just identified some of the most, you know, uh, the biggest issues, inflation, the economy. Uh, we're talking about homelessness. We're talking about drug addiction. We're talking about public safety. We can't do it alone. We know that we represent all Oregonians. Even if we live in the fifth or the third or the fourth, we have to work together, and I have a proven track record of doing so. Um, you know, Oregon has an important voice. This is our state to protect, and I want to work with anybody who wants to work with me as well. Uh, and solve some of these issues. They're very important. We're almost out of time, but I want to give you about 30 seconds to leave voters with a final thought. For sure. Thank you so much again. Uh, you know, we've worked hard on, on this campaign. We've heard the issues. Um, I asked voters, are they any better today than they were two years ago or 10 years ago with one party rule? I can tell you the best solutions come out from a complete table with everybody who has a voice. So I'm looking forward to come and, and to my website, lauriechavezdreamer.com. I know you all have it up on the screen, but this is an important race. Ballots drop in less than two weeks. Uh, this is going to be a referendum um, and a choice vote this election to change the direction of Oregon and to change the direction of this country. Well, Lori, we really appreciate your coming here on Straight Talk. And as Lori mentioned, if you want to find out more about her positions, you can visit her website at lauriechavezdreamer.com. You see the spelling there. And next up, we'll talk with Chavez Dreamer's opponent, Democrat Jamie McLeod Skinner. We're back in two minutes. Welcome back to Straight Talk. I'm Laurel Porter, and we're talking with the candidates in Oregon's 5th Congressional District. Very competitive. We heard from Republican Lori Chavez-Dreamer in our first segment. Now we welcome Democrat Jamie McLeod Skinner. Welcome back to Straight Talk. It's nice to see you here in person. <laughs> yeah, it's so good to see you again. Thank you and so much. And you've told me that you're not just a Democratic nominee. You have other Oh, also nominated by the Independent Party of Oregon and also the Working Families Party uh, of Oregon, as well as tons of endorsements across the political spectrum. But yeah, in terms of the formal nomination, it's the Democratic, the Independent Party, and the Working Families Party. Well, let's talk a little bit about your district and some polls, because the Clout Research poll that Republicans, I think, were um, sponsoring said that you're behind by about 10 points. But more neutral polls say it's too close to call. It's a dead heat. So yeah. why do you think that you are the best choice for the district? There are a lot of undecided voters. Yeah. What could you tell them about why you think you're the best representative for the district? Well, first, a word about polls. Push polls, you can get to say anything. And folks who, who have uh, gotten some of those push polls find them really ridiculous. It evenly distributed and actually a fair poll shows that's technically even, although I'm up a point or two. And that's because I'm really, uh, I've got the experience on the ground. I've been talking about the issues that, that Oregonians care about. Uh, my experience in wildfire recovery, the work I did just last year in leading a community that lost a third of its homes and businesses to wildfire, being a small business owner, uh, being a working family, a former union member, coming from uh, humble roots, and also just having the background that is a strong connection with, with Oregonians. Also on issues like choice, and I know recently my opponent's been 
swap in her, her uh, what she's saying about herself and her view on that. But that's a really core issue for, for Oregonians as well. So it's the experience, it's the serious leadership, it's the track record. And you know a commitment to protect, to not just work on, on you know helping our economic issues, uh, being able to address climate issues, but also you know protecting our democracy um, and also protecting our fundamental personal freedoms. There's a clear distinction in all these areas. Well, I'm sure you hear this across your district, but really a top concern is inflation, the soaring gas prices, groceries, just about everything. What is your plan when you get to Congress to try to bring down inflation, and why is it better than your opponents? Sure. So there's short term and there's long-term uh, steps we need to take. In the short term, we need to address cost of living issues, the cost of housing, the cost of prescription drugs. I actually don't take uh, big pharma money because I don't take corporate PAC money because of accountability and commitment to be accountable to voters. We need to bring down prescription drug costs and help Oregonians uh, address those cost of living issues. The cost of gas, one of the things that we're seeing right now is uh, is price spiking, price gouging on gas. We've seen refineries on the West Coast closing down, unscheduled closings that's driving up prices. If anyone's really serious about the price of gas, we should all be outraged at that as opposed to celebrating it for political gain. In the long run on, ec on economic issues, we need to address supply chain issues. We also need to invest in a 21st century clean energy economy. That's some of the investments that uh, Democrats recently made in Congress with the inflation reduction Act. Uh, we need to double down, get those resources, and invest them in our economy. Well, let me ask you about one of your ads, because in one of your ads, you say Congress isn't getting the job done and that you will shovel through the BS, even if it means opposing some members of your own party. Yet your critics say you're endorsed by Nancy Pelosi, the Speaker of the House, and you've tweeted your support, and you just mentioned it, your support for the Inflation Reduction Act, which Republicans say is reckless big spending and helped lead to inflation. And actually, analysts say it's not going to bring down inflation. I think they've said 0.01%. So where do you see yourself actually shaking things up and not being a rubber stamp for the Democrats? Sure. On issues like I don't believe that members of Congress should be able to uh, trade stocks. That's a key issue. I think we should lower prescription drugs. We have uh, Democrats have not been able to get that to move through the House. Yes, it did in the Inflation Reduction Act. It started that process with uh, dropping the, the price of insulin. That should be across the That's board. only for Medicare recipients, right? That's only for mm -hmm. Medicare, exactly. Uh, you know, again, I think we've got members of Congress on both sides who are in the pockets of Big Pharma and other ma major corporations as well. So those are just two examples of areas we need to push the politics and actually get stuff done. You know that crime and gun violence is, is really a big problem. It's risen in big cities and in Portland. Portland's not alone in that. But your opponent has said, and attack ads against you claim, mm -hmm. that you have supported defunding the police. Have you ever supported defunding the police? Have you ever uh, supported cutting resources for police? And would you ever? No, and just the opposite. And first of all, those spliced photos are ridiculous. I, so what you see in, in commercials when people try to, to uh, sway things is they will make fake pictures and fake and they'll put it out in front of people. Ironically, especially on this issue, issue, I'm the only one in this race who's actually increased funding for police, for accountability, for training, and for officer wellness. I did that as a city manager. I did that as a council member and vice mayor. Just last year, when I worked in talent as the interim city manager, when I got there, they did not have 24-7 coverage. When I left, they did. That's why the former chief of police in Bend is endorsing me in this race and is coming out publicly and, and calling her out on a ridiculous ad saying that's just not true.
Well, this topic came up in, in our last segment, the topic of abortion is important to a lot of people in your district. Your opponent has called your position extreme, saying that you support the right even to late term abortions, last minute abortions. What do you want voters to know about where you stand on abortion? Well, I think they should know where both of us stand. And she has flip flop on this issue. Just a few months ago, she stated very clearly on the record that she would ban access to abortion at six weeks before a woman even knows she's pregnant. For myself, this is an issue that's between a, a woman, her doctor, and her God. There, we have heard too many heartbreaking stories about people with complications that come up. It's, it's not for politicians, not for government to step in and tell us what to do with our bodies or when to start a family. And this is personal for me. My wife actually had a miscarriage and she would have bled out had she not had access to an abortion. It's not the right of the state or politicians to step in and tell doctors when and where to uh, provide medical support to people who need it. So even late-term abortions, though, you think that right should be protected? If I was a medical professional and knew every detail, I would, I would feel confident establishing policy on this. My opponent is not, and people in Congress are not. This is a decision that is between a woman her doctor and her God, quite frankly. This is a family decision. These are their medical emergencies that come up. The government has no right coming in and mandating how we should handle medical emergencies. Another topic on a lot of people's minds is homelessness. You can't yeah. help but see it all over, yeah. all over the country, but in this state and particularly in Portland. What would you do as a member of Congress to try to end homelessness or at least reduce it and get people yeah. into permanent housing? Short and long-term solutions. Again, in the short term, get emergency uh, facilities for people to move into so they're not on the streets. Provide those basic service, wraparound services of, of addiction care and mental health care. My opponent is against any uh, government-funded health care, has said that clearly, and that includes Medicare and Medicaid. Although and she's eating. kind of walked that back. She's walked, she's not, she's walked, she's not she's walked that all her points back, frankly, from what she was saying just, just a couple weeks ago. Uh, because the polling is showing that that's not where Oregonians are at. And so she's reframing a lot of this. In the long term for housing, we need to invest in affordable home ownership housing. I'm actually right now working on an affordable home ownership project here in Oregon. It's a pilot project that we can use throughout the state and potentially nationally as well. And the home ownership piece is important so that families can build up equity in themselves. What we're seeing across the country is major corporations going in buying up the housing stock and then cranking up rental rates. So we need both the supply of housing, but we also need people to be able to buy their own homes. I wanna ask you about the term progressive because when you were running in the primary, and I called you a progressive, a lot of people called you progressive when you're running against Kurt Schrader and you seem to embrace the, the word progressive. Now, it seems like you're shying away from the label progressive, why? Here's, here's the bottom line, it's about issues and it's about what we're trying to get done for Oregonians. So I can tell you, I've driven thousands of miles across our state, across the district. I've had thousands of conversations. Bottom line is, regardless of party affiliation, we all want to be able to put a roof over our head and food on our table. We want opportunities for our kids. We want health care for our families when they're sick. We want safe communities. We don't want our homes burning down. We don't want our family farms going under. When you talk to to conservatives about those issues, they consider it conservative. When you talk to moderates about those issues, they talk. They think it's a moderate issue. When you talk to progressives about those issues, they think those are progressive issues. Those 
those are the issues and the solutions I want to find. And I've got experience working in so many of those areas. And so, as I've said back in the primary, actually, when I was asked about this, I said, these are the problems I want to solve. Call it what you want and sign me up. I don't care what you call it. I don't care what you call me. I identify as an Oregonian who's trying to get things done for my fellow Oregonians. So you would still embrace the term progressive? I, I, will, I will call me what you will, but it's about issues. And, and I think people try to get into political boxes and political silos on that. That's part of the problem of our politics. Go back to gas prices. Why isn't everyone outraged that we're seeing price spiking right now of gas prices? Those gas price spikes are hurting everyday working Oregonians. So why shouldn't they be outraged at that? That should be a conservative issue, a progressive issue, a moderate issue. But people are refusing to address, talk about the issues and trying to put labels on. Again, call me whatever you want to call me, but I'm, I'm trying to work to solve problems for Oregonians. We're almost out of time, but I want to give you about 30 seconds to uh, give a final pitch to voters, our viewers tonight. Yeah, the bottom line is we need someone who has experience working across the, the, the divide. I do that all the time in Central Oregon. That's how I've been successful. I've been in the minority for much of my career and still been able to get things done because I, I work well with others, because I bring people together to create solutions. I'm focused on protecting our democracy. We didn't talk about January 6th and the concerns and the of the insurrection and how we need to protect our elections and actually acknowledge when people win elections. We need to protect our fundamental personal freedoms. We need to also make sure that we're addressing the economic issues and we need to uh, address climate cr the climate crisis, wildfire, flooding, drought, all those things that, that Oregonians are struggling with. Let's start ta stop talking about political buzzwords and start talking about solutions. Well, Jamie McLeod Skinner, thank you for joining us. If you'd like to find out more about where Jamie stands on the issues, you can check out her website, jamiefororegon.com. My thanks to both candidates for joining us and thank you for watching. Join us next week when our guests are the candidates in Oregon's newly created sixth congressional district, Andrea Salinas and Mike Erickson. We'll see you next week for Great talk. Have a great week.